Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode one of, well, I'm not quite sure how many episodes there'll be, but we'll see how we go. The idea is we're going to go through a Bible meditation based on a series of Bible lessons that have been prepared by my church. These lessons usually cover a particular Bible subject, maybe someone's biography, maybe some history, maybe a Bible theme, over a period of three months on a weekly basis, daily lesson studies. We're going to go through five daily studies to cover off one week's lesson. And this week's lesson is beginning the series on the life of Jacob, lessons from the life of Jacob. This week's lesson is these early life. So without further ado, wherever you are, whether you're at home, maybe you're at work, maybe you're on the way to work, maybe you're uh, just getting out of bed or getting the breakfast ready, whatever it is, I hope you enjoy this meditation. May uh, you be blessed as we study God's Word together. Let's pray, shall we? Dear Father in heaven, by thy grace, Lord, we thank you for the wonderful blessings you've given to us, waking us refreshed to a brand new day. We pray now for your Holy Spirit to bless us as we study your Word together. And we ask and thank you and pray for this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, uh, this week's lesson is on Jacob, and this is Jacob's early life. And we're going to start with the key verse for the week is based on Psalms 119 and verse 10. And it says, With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. So that's the the theme of the lesson for this uh, week. With my whole heart, seeking God with the whole heart, and letting not our steps wander from his commandments. That's what it's about here. So let's go to the today's meditation is based on choosing a life companion. This is the experience of um, Abraham when he was seeking a son or a wife, sorry, a wife for his son, Isaac. Abraham, you know, he did not think of sending Isaac out looking for a wife on his own, he actually made some arrangements. You know, Abraham had faith in God. He had faith in God's promise that God would make of Abraham a great nation through Isaac, and Isaac would be blessed again with having children, a child or at least one child, which would eventually become a great seed. And through his seed, all the earth would be blessed. And that includes you and I. So that's why it's important for us to understand what is what this is all about and what lessons can we learn. So Abraham had been given this promise that through his line, the saviour of the world would come. But he knew that he needed to have a, a child or grandchildren at least, or one child at least, and a grandchildren from his son Isaac. So Abraham... Um, by this time, I think the uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah, had died, and Abraham saw that Isaac was feeling quite lonely, so he invited his servant to go and find a son for, uh, or rather a wife for Isaac. So let's have a look here. In Genesis chapter 24, verses 1 to 4, we have the experience given here. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, and I believe this was Eliezer, that ruled over all that he had. And he says to Eliezer, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I'll make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. 
but thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. This is an interesting experience here. You know, Abraham did not leave it to Isaac to go looking for a wife for himself. He took it upon himself to find a wife. And it's interesting that Abraham directed his servant to go to his own land, well, to the, um, not to take a daughter from the Canaanites, but to Abraham's former country, to his own kindred, and take a wife from among them for his son Isaac. You know, it's um, in choosing a life companion, I'm just impressed here by the um, respect that Isaac must have had for his father. Well, Isaac at this time was about 40 years old. Think about that, a 40-year-old man who is allowing his father to choose a wife for him or to be, be very much involved in that process. So let's have a look at this story, what happened. Uh, chapter 24, verse 7 tells us that the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, this is Abraham speaking further, and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. So here we have Abraham remembering that the land in which he's dwelling, God had promised to give it to him and to his seed. And Abraham, only having one child, Isaac, realized that Isaac needed a wife. So he claimed God's promise and said to his uh, Eliezer, his servant, that God shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. That is from his country, from his former country, and he's from among his kindred. So off he goes. So Eliezer goes on his journey, on his quest to find a wife for Isaac. Now, I'm just wondering, how would you go about finding a wife or a husband if you're single? You know, would you rely upon your parents' wisdom? Do you rely upon the wisdom of your, maybe your grandparents? Particularly if they're Christian. I mean, this is Abraham was a man of faith. Well, Isaac did, and Eliezer did as well. And Eliezer made that promise that he would find a wife for Isaac from among Abraham's kindred. And so... Eliezer goes off, but now Eliezer's walking along. I can imagine, how was he going to find someone suitable? And I note here that if you come down to verse 42 of chapter 24 in Genesis, we'll have a look here at what Eliezer does, because it's very interesting that it's not looking for the outward externals, that is, for the it's ensuring that some, that the woman is beautiful to look upon or something like that, Eliezer actually puts a test out there to the Lord to identify who this woman would be based on her character qualities. And let's have a look here. Look what he says here. And I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way which I go, behold... I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. And she say to me, Both drink thou, and I'll also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom the Lord hath appointed out for my master's son. Now did you note that? This was a test, think about it, of not just of um, a particular event, but rather of the character of this woman who would come there, obviously someone who was compassionate and considerate, 
someone who could empathize with a stranger in the way because she had not known Eliezer who he was. And uh, someone who, if the stranger asks of her a drink, not only does she offer to give him a drink, but she offers to water his camels as well. I mean, this was this says a lot about the character of this woman whom Eliezer was hoping the Lord would identify. And uh, do you know what happened? Let's have a look. Uh, in uh, Genesis 24 and verse 45. So this is Eliezer telling the story here. And he says, before I had done speaking in mine heart, so before he had prayed, he didn't pray it out loud even, he'd just spoken this in his heart. And what happened? It says here, Rebecca came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down unto the well and drew water. And I said unto her, let me drink, I pray thee. And now notice what Rebecca now does. It says, she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, drink. And I will give thy camels drink also. So I drank, and she made the camels drink also. And I asked her and said, Whose daughter art you? (laughs) Whose daughter are you? Because remember, this part of it wasn't just about the character of the woman, but also he had made a promise to Abraham that she was not to be a Canaanite. That was that means she was not to be from among the unbelieving, from among the heathen. She was to be a from among Abraham's kindred. The woman was not to be a Canaanite. She was not to be a heathen. Not to be an unbeliever. She was she was to be someone who had a reverence for the same God that Abraham worshipped, and obviously Isaac worshipped. So here we have a test from Abraham's point of view of ensuring that his household would be would not be a divided household when it came to religion. So that's another important character uh, quality here or another important um, step here in looking for a life companion that not only was the parents uh, wishes respected in, in largely but also the faith of the parents, the character of the woman, the, the test was all based on her character and now finally Eliezer asks for the one question that when he swore to Abraham, she would must be from among his kindred. So he asks her who she is, and and he says to her, "Whose daughter are you?" And she said, "The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Micah bare unto him." Now, what words must this have been to uh, words of amazement and just, I guess, great joy to this Abraham's servant here, because. Nahor was actually Abraham's brother. And so this woman called Rebekah was the granddaughter of Nahor, who was Abraham's brother, as I said. So he was basically, she, Abraham was her great uncle. So Nahor was like, wow, this is it. A woman from among my master's kindred, I found her. And so what did he do? Well, it says here, um, he goes on to say, I put the earring upon her face and the bracelets upon her hand, and I bowed down my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. He's actually talking here to uh, Laban and Bethuel, uh, Rebekah's brother and father respectively. And so he says to Laban and Bethuel, or rather Laban and Bethuel answered and said to the servant here, The thing proceeded from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee, bad or good. And so basically, the amazing leading of the Lord in guiding Abraham's servant, 
I believe it was Eliezer, down to this place where this well was, at the right time, when this woman, Rebecca, came by to do exactly what he was praying in his heart. So he wasn't even praying this out loud. He was just thinking in his heart, the Lord heard that prayer of his heart. And uh, the woman was the woman who, the Lord, obviously the Lord had chosen this woman, Rebecca, for Isaac's wife. And that's why Laban and Bethuel could not say anything regarding it. They said, we cannot say anything good or bad. But you know what? They did One thing they did do, they respected their, um, the, the wishes of Rebecca. So they asked her to come. And so, and they called Rebecca, verse 58 says, they called Rebecca and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? So she, they left her with the choice, Will you go with this man? Now, how would you be? You haven't even seen who your husband is going to be. You have never even met them. And how? what kind of faith would that have been for Rebecca? I imagine she must have been a woman of faith, a woman who believed in God because she was willing to trust her life with someone whom she'd never met, trusting that God had brought them together through this encounter with uh, Abraham's servant. What an amazing woman, what an amazing faith. And so the woman went with Eliezer's, with Eliezer back to Abraham. Now, my question is here. So here we are, we have a, a request made for, from Abraham that his servant would find a wife from among his own kindred. He made that promise to him. Abraham believed that God would fulfill the promise of a making of him a great nation, so he knew that Isaac must have a wife. So he exercised his faith in God in finding a wife for Isaac. Eliezer had a similar faith, must have had a similar respect for Abraham and and for the Lord too because he was praying to the Lord in his heart. He goes down there. So, so it's being led by God down to Abraham's country. He arrives there and randomly comes, well, providentially, I believe, comes upon this well, says that little prayer in his heart, and the Lord answers that prayer. And mind you, he's basing his sign on the character of the woman, what she would do, and she did exactly what she, he, he requested of her, just showing the, the hospitality and the courteousness and the kindness of uh, Rebecca's character in doing this. This was a, the ideal woman he uh, f- believed he found for uh, Isaac, and more importantly, a woman who had a trust in God. And so what happened? What was the result of this union? Think about it. What, 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 how do you think it resulted? I wonder if you and I would, uh, how we would be today, having um, never met a person just to, for the first time, just trusting in your parents, trusting in the leading of God, that he would bring two of you together as part of his plan. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Well, that was the faith of Rebecca. What was the result of that uh, that faith? Let's have a look. We come to Genesis 24, verses 63 and 6 to 67. It says, And Isaac, when they came down to, the, to Abraham's place, Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lotted off the camel. For she, and this is why, for she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It is my master. 
Therefore, notice what she does now. She took a veil and covered herself. Interesting. Interesting. She took a veil and covered herself. What do we understand by that? Do you mean she was traveling all those all those days on the on the camelback without uh, a veil across her face to protect herself from the dusty, thorough, dusty and sandy deserts? I don't think so. I don't think so. You see, the word veil here is actually a Hebrew word. Forgive me for the pronunciation here if I get this wrong, but it's the word hatsayip. And that is the word for in uh, a veil which is used in Syria and Persia as the bridal veil. It's actually a covering of red silk which covers the entire person. And it's used uh, as a bridal wear. The bride is arrayed in that when she is commonly uh, led into the presence of her husband. And so now, when she realizes that in the field is Isaac, her husband-to-be, she immediately gets off the camel and covers herself in the bridal garment. It wasn't just a face veil. Don't, don't be confused by that. This was actually a beautiful red silk garment she covers herself with. And uh, it was very becoming of her bridal character that Rebecca was adorned when about to be introduced to the first, for the first time to Isaac. In a bride, this garment was a token of her reverence and subjection to her husband. But note what verse 67 says. Verse 67 says, And she became his wife, and he loved her. Okay, so how, you know, what do we understand by, if this was a token of her subjection to Isaac, what does it mean by he loved her? Well, that's what God wants for wives to respect their husbands, in the Lord, that is, and for husbands to love their wives. How? Well, if you turn your Bible to Ephesians 5 and verse 25, we'll see there just how a husband is to love their wife. And if you're listening out there, husbands, I want you to make a notice, and future husbands, if you ever have any thoughts about marrying someone, this is how God wants you to love your life companion, whoever that is. For a husband, they are to love their wife, Ephesians 5 verse 25, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So think about that for a minute. Men and boys, As Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? Well, Christ gave his life for the church. He laid down everything for the church. He sacrificed and was willing to sacrifice, risk all of heaven for the welfare of the church. That's the kind of love that Christ had. It was a love that was not based on feeling. It was a love that was based on the act of his will to humble himself to surrender himself to his Father's will in paying the price for our sins and dying in our place, that we might not perish but have eternal life. And none of us can ever fully realize the suffering that Christ went through in making that choice. Uh, We can never ever fathom that. But it was a wonderful, wonderful sacrifice that he made for you and for me. And he did that because he loves you and he loves me. And that's the kind of love that God wants husbands to show to their wives, a love that will sacrifice all for their benefit, for their uplifting, for their blessing. 
And so when I read, I mean, well, I recognize that the bridal covering that Rebecca covered herself with, that veil, that beautiful red silk garment, was a sign of her reverence and subjection to her husband. I'm also reminded that her husband loved her. And I believe this was the love that Christ had for us that he demonstrated for her. And I believe he did. Isaac loved her and uh, just as much more than, or as much as any other husband could ever love a woman because she was God's gift to him. She was the one who'd been led to him from God or by God. So we just covered here this morning. I've sort of titled this Choosing a Life Companion. You know, it's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside that counts. Remember Abraham's faith in his promised, um, and the promise that God gave him was unabated, undiminished. He believed God was going to make of him a great nation. In choosing a, a marriage companion for his son, he wanted to ensure that that faith of his would be preserved in his son. And so his wife, realizing the impact, if two people come together and they're not of like faith, the impact they can have for the negative on each other, Abraham realized that. So he wanted to make sure that a wife was chosen from among his kindred, those who worship the God of heaven. And that companion was to exercise the same faith as Isaac had. And I reminded too of Isaac's respect for his fathers and then the beautiful character of Rebecca and the love and reverence that she showed to Isaac was returned in the fact that Isaac loved her. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? A gracious Father in heaven, we just come to you this morning to thank you so much for the, your love and mercy to us. We thank you for the beautiful night's rest you've given to us. We thank you for this new day that awaits us. And we thank you for this Bible uh, meditation this morning. We just pray that as uh, we've contemplated the, um, this experience in the life of Abraham, of Isaac, their initial introduction to Rebecca, and how you led in finding her and in bringing her together with Isaac, that you too can lead in our lives in just as much, uh, in just the same way, in just as a dramatic way, Lord, as you did in hers and in Isaac's. So I pray that you'll lead us today in our lives, Lord, that we might be walking in the footpath of Jesus, that we might be found doing your will no matter where we are, whether we're going to work, whether we're at home, whether we're at school, no matter where we are, that we'll always be found in the pathway of righteousness. So may you bless us, Lord, and help us to be a light for you this day, wherever we go and whatever we do. And we thank you so much for Jesus who has given all for us. May we love each other, love our fellow man, just how Jesus did, that we might be a true light and a blessing to this world. So thank you for all these things, Father, and we pray this in and through the name of our dear Lord and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Until tomorrow, take care, have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning for the 7 a.m. Bible. Bring many sons to glory.
Have made my